This edition of the USCC Expo Experience on CannabisRadio.com is brought to you by Regulated Solutions, your partner for producing compliant cannabis and hemp brand events. Learn more at RegulatedSolutions.com. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the USCC Expo Experience. Featuring one-on-one interviews with speakers, exhibitors, and attendees from the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. And now, the USCC Expo Experience, only on CannabisRadio.com. And welcome back, everyone, to the USCC Expo Experience here on CannabisRadio.com. Joining me now, my guest at this time is an entrepreneur who specializes in payment processing and ancillary services. Paybotic is a payment solutions company specializing in tailoring their solutions to the cannabis industry. Joining me now is the founder and president of Paybotic, Max Miller. Max, thanks for joining us here on the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, my pleasure. Really glad to know that your uh, your team's going to be joining us at the expo, and we're going to have you be speaking uh, on a panel with us on cannabis banking at the expo. So let's talk about Paybotic. First of all, I want to also make mention and preface that you also run a mainstream service in the mainstream sector called Intelligent Payment Networks, but we're going to focus on your company that's focused on the cannabis industry called Paybotic. It specializes Sounds in great. solutions specifically tailored to merchants in the high-risk cannabis space. Chat me up on some of the solutions that you offer at Paybotic. Sure. Paybotic it offers many different types of solutions to cannabis merchants. Um, they offer solutions for retail merchants to accept cards at the counter. They accept, they, we offer solutions to merchants to accept cards online. And also we offer bank drafting products so they can take large transactions in a B2B capacity um, so they can accept payments and pay their vendors. Um, there's no one size solution that fits any type of cannabis business. So we have a variety of solutions that enables cannabis businesses to transact in the way they need, whether that be in in person, on the phone, online, um, or through their website. Now, I got to meet your team last year when we held our high seas yacht party, and that's where everything kind of got started off. And we started getting to the talk of payment processing. And so much has changed in the last year as to where we are with what banking options are out there. So I want to go and ask you, first of all, Forbes recently reported that the California State Senate passed a bill that would allow private banks and credit unions to apply for state charters to explicitly handle cannabis financial transactions. Talked about this on Blunt Business on a previous episode. The new bill now, which is on Gavin Newsom's desk, the governor, is called the Cannabis Limited Charter Banking and Credit Union Law. It would authorize the limited charter bank or credit union unions to issue special purpose checks to cannabis businesses in order to pay government fees, taxes, rent, and vendor invoices. This law was proposed would require that the charge be insured. It's as far from the range of commercial banking the industry needs, given cannabis is federally legal, banks and credit unions in California still might be wary of setting up charges for the purpose. Is this a type of banking direction that you think would take shape for right now as a way of giving banking relief before Washington, D.C. steps in with something else? It's really too early to tell if, you know, this model in California is going to fit the rest of the country and each state's requirements for being in the cannabis business. I anticipate that this will uh, eventually be federally regulated, hopefully sooner rather than later, to give the banks and the financial institutions, um, you know, 
comfort in stepping into this space, in treating this industry special and different than anything else. If you look at the liquor industry, um, it's a state-regulated business with federal guidelines, but it just seems like overkill to me to have special checks and special um, circumstances for just the cannabis industry. Um, the model might work. It's going to be interesting to see what they come up with and how they implement it and to get all the businesses to do this. Um, with the pur Their purpose should be to get rid of the black market so they can monitor and regulate this industry. With the issues of the black market that we've talked about uh, in, uh, here on the network, not to mention that uh, you also have the fact that California is getting a drop in tax revenue from the industry. So I can see this as a rush to trying to get that revenue brought back up. So if they can open the, the door a little bit more, give a little more, a little more breathing room to it. I can see where that comes from. But, um, so you think this is more or less an idea where it's just, it's too specialty and almost like a bit of an entitlement program. Would you say that? Yes. You know, California has its own problems in the cannabis business that are much bigger than any other state's. And, Canada, and California has been one of the states that has been in the cannabis business for the longest time. There are states that are coming online and can nip these problems right out before they begin to exist. Um, so having it specialized in California may be a great fit for them. But for states that have a small program, want to get this right from the get-go, it may be overkill and unnecessary, and they and the the banks in state may already be servicing these industries with comfort as while they wait for federal guidelines. And there's a lot of different ways I've heard how this has worked. I know I talked to a guest uh, that worked out of Connecticut, and they were talking about how there were there were certain credit unions that were trying to work their way underneath the system, under the radar to go ahead and offer banking services. It's interesting this story I also learned here, this stat that I learned here from the U.S. Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN. They said that the number of banks and credit unions actively banking with cannabis-related businesses has increased. And that was now there's a 633 institutions now at the end of this first quarter, 2019. Last year at this time, it was 400. And now industry experts that are out there, they're saying that the number doesn't really reflect the true number of depository institutions. They're trying to say it's much higher. Openly banking cannabis businesses because they're based on suspicious activity report filings. So are you surprised about the amount of activity there is out there already? And would you be surprised if there's more as a part of what we're learning about? I'm not surprised that with the numbers that are reported, and I truly believe it, you know, that there's a lot of different ways to measure who's servicing this industry. Because to break it down, there is medical use cannabis, there's adult use cannabis that is sold in the dispensaries, and then there's the hemp industry that, for, with, that have CBD businesses that need checking accounts. And also there is businesses that surround the industry, like the lighting businesses, the fertilizer businesses that also struggle to bank in this space. But to answer the question directly, I believe there's probably about 300 of these um, that are only provide limited service, such as accepting cash deposits, 
and many other credit unions don't advertise that they're doing this because they don't want to be inundated with clients because there are more dispensaries than the financial service than the financial institutions out there can service today. And that's why they're making the requirements pretty stringent to get a checking account of any kind. But I think there are more and more financial institutions, whether it's recorded or not, that are servicing this industry. And as time goes on and the political climate progresses, there'll be more financial service institutions jumping in. But what keeps the big banks out is the cannabis industry is growing tremendously fast, but they're it's just not big enough to get them to take the risk and leave the and leave, it's the money laundering cloud is still floating over their head head with the discrepancy between state and federal guidelines. And that's why we haven't seen any major financial institutions make big moves openly. No, and the thing is there's a volatility to it because at any time there could be a crackdown by the federal government just because of what they're doing, the kind of actions they're taking. That it's just not safe and secure. And that's why, you know, as, as what you offer is going to be still a very viable option for the very near future, because there's just so much we're waiting on to see that'll offer traditional or conventional banking that will be available for the industry without the high risk. Now there are solutions to the banking issue. We've talked about this on the network for many times. And one of them is the States Act. Which, would, which was reintroduced in Congress in April. That's the one that Elizabeth Warren, uh, the presidential candidate and a Democrat from Massachusetts and Cory Gardner from Colorado have passed bipartisan, allowing states to legalize cannabis through their legislatures and enforce state laws without federal interference. The Safe Banking Act, which is another law we've been hearing about a lot of, would protect financial institutions that would work with state legal cannabis businesses from federal prosecution. Passage of these bills would go a long way toward minimizing the risk and uncertainty between money, financial institutions on the sidelines of a lucrative industry, but it's not the only thing keeping banking services at bay. There's just too much more. So what's the best possible scenario if you see Washington, D.C. intervene? Best possible scenario. So, you know, you jumped right into the news that they're going to do this. The States Act needs to pass. Yes, Um, I agree. With that, even if it does pass, the money laundering cloud is still left over the bank. It hopefully will give the banks, um, you know, the willpower to go into this space, but there's still a lot of work that's going to need to be done to eliminate the discrepancies between the federal and state laws, I think. The state law, the state tax gets us halfway there. And the U.S. Department of Treasury also weighed in um, in the form of guidance from the from FinCEN, and you know they're the guys to just follow the money. If there's tax revenue, they want to try and capture it, and I think that's really where the States Act is focused. And it's, it does. It, I you agree. Coming from, I validate that. That that's totally understood. But you said it doesn't answer the end all be all issues of banking. And then on top of that, look at what the government has done. When I'm talking about when it comes to cannabis businesses, uh, when I look at the issues that are having, this is such a hot button subject. Plus this also, you have the issue of the hemp bill and the FDA trying to get that implemented. Look at the issues they're having after the public hearing they had just to get the ball rolling and get everything, get the input taken and to 
put out proper ramifications and proper implementation. Mm -hmm. The same issue is going to happen to the banking industry as they push out the States Act, if that comes to pass, or the same banking act in the same realm. So there mm -hmm. is no relief in sight right away unless there's some real push. The 2020 election makes a difference, but I don't know how this gets answered right away, which obviously gives proper reason why Paybotic is, is a, a proper solution that is definitely a, a safe and secure solution. Now, I know you're going to be at the USCC Expo. We're going to have you in booth 408. And you're also going to be speaking on a panel on cannabis banking. I'm so excited to have you join us for that. So take a minute and talk to our listeners, Max, about what attendees can afford to can look forward to from the exhibit and what you're going to be offering at the booth and what we can hear from you on that cannabis banking panel. Give us a preview. Absolutely. Um, at the booth, please come by our booth. We are going to have uh, some equipment there so you can see what our payment terminals look like. Also, we're going to have uh, members of our team that are going to be prepared to answer your questions about what does payment processing mean for your business today? How can I start processing payments and accepting payments for my customers if I'm in this space in any capacity? And what does it take to keep and maintain account in this space? Um, and we're happy to discuss any questions, concerns, um, your experience you had, and our goal is to help make transacting in the cannabis space better so people can get the products that they need to stay well. As for the panel, um, any idea as to what you might have in store for us at all or what, what people should expect uh, from here from your presentation? On the panel, um, I hope to address uh, you know, any updates that may come with, in regard to banking and payment processing, um, one of the things that I want to focus on is what's legal and what banks will do have right. nothing to do with each other. And what does that mean for your business? And how do you survive and thrive in this climate? That's fantastic. I'll tell you, I could go on for hours talking about this banking issue because there's so much being reported about it. There's so much that could be done about it, but it's such a quagmire right now. And like I said, it's years and years ahead. So I'm so glad that you guys at Paybotic are here to offer the solutions that you have and the services that you have to the industry because that's what's needed right now. And I've seen some other things out there that are just mind-boggling uh, from the kinds of, you know, just – I mean, it's almost the idea of, you know, putting money underneath your mattress still, something like that, but it cannot be the case. It's just such a, the professionalism of the business requires proper services, and I know that's what Paybotic offers. So, uh, with that, you go ahead. I was going to say, you know, it's wild today that cannabis dispensaries and related businesses are largely unbanked. And, yeah. you know, the term unbanked is generally used to describe customers who are unable or choose not to maintain relationships with financial institutions. You know, the FDIC estimates that 8% of households are unbanked. And unlike consumers, cannabis, cannabis and related businesses don't choose to go without a bank account. Rather, right. most banks and credit unions choose not to service the cannabis industry. And, you know, this has its it, it, genesis in a mismatch. And in a way that state and federal laws treat cultivation, testing, and consumption of cannabis products, while, you know, like at least 40 states and the District of Columbia authorize the sale of use for, you know, medical and recreational use, you know, the farm bills 
uh, removed hemp from its federal list of controlled substances. Yeah. And that continues to be a tr- problem for banks and financial services. It's legal, but what are the banks doing? They have nothing to do with each other. And we want to help dive into that and, you know, provide solutions when, you know, there's no answers because the banks aren't giving you answers why they won't service your legal business. And it's driving business owners crazy. And we want to help business owners be in this business and be treated traditionally um, so they can run their business. Max, and I've heard I, it all. Those are, I've heard cashless transactions. I've heard, I've seen like really uh, remarkably big, large safes being put out there. Like the, the, what I will say is that the industry, for those that have come in to try to answer with solutions to the industry, have been very creative. I must say, you know, they've at least made the try. But well, it's, it's time to just do something where it is offering, like you said, offer the kind of service that you have, offer the processing portals that you have, make it something much more simple and not something that's just so contrived because it's just too much out there. So. Obviously, you have a lot of room to work off of, and I want a lot of people to go ahead and make sure to go and check out Paybotic. I'll make sure to send as many people as I can to your booth because this is important. Uh, again, Max Miller, founder and president of Paybotic.com. Uh, what's the website, again, uh, for people to go and check out what you're doing in the meantime? Paybotic.com. P-A-Y-B-O-T-I-C. So, Max, thank you so much for joining us. I really, greet, I really enjoy talking to your team. So glad we're going to have you join us at our show and your team joining us at the booth. So we look forward to seeing you in Miami. Look forward to being there. And thanks for having me today. Our pleasure. Absolutely. So again, folks, make sure to go to join Paybotic. Your booth is room number 408. They'll be at our USCC Expo coming up August 34th in Miami, Florida. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Register now. Get your tickets. There is no time like the present now to get your tickets before it sells out. USCCExpo.com. Again, USCCExpo.com. Thanks for joining us here for another episode of the USCC Expo Experience. You can go to CannabisRadio.com, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you rate and review. Give us a big five-star rating. Stitcher, Spotify, Speaker, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.